Lachlan, you did your teaching duties today on on Zoom. Yeah, you t- you educated via the internet. Yes. Via How the internet. was it using Australia's fantastic MBN service? It was really good. No, they I didn't actually. Oh, sorry, we lost you there. Yep. We lost you there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. sorry, man. And that's exactly how the how the uh, that's exactly how it went, because <laughs> it was um, it was funny because uh, I mean I love it. I love teaching online because you know if a kid starts rambling, you just mute them. Um, mm. And I've got like I've got the soft face filter. I don't know if you guys can can notice, but my 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 skin looks a lot softer. Um, I thought you were too. glowing. Yeah, it's I thought glowing. you made. Yeah, I've got that. I've got yeah. that on. I've got the, that little setting on. Um, yeah. But yes, no. Wait, I need to. I need to know about this setting. You need to tell oh, me. Look, about I'll, this I'll after take you through podcast, it later. Okay. Uh, Zoom one hundred and one. Um, in fact, that's the first <laughs> thing I teach other teachers about <laughs> is how to make yourself look good. Uh, but yeah, look, I like it. Um, I can understand. Like, there's a lot. Obviously, a lot of parents out there who are who are uh, wondering how they're going to get through this. Um, trying to educate their children, but uh, we do need to get the word out there that teachers are still operating. Like just because school's not, you know, you're not going to the school, t- teachers are still in operation. Um, I've been seeing they a lot have of to learn the maths. They have to learn their drama and English. yeah, well, drama, well, drama in in my opinion is the most important because you know as we've covered on the podcast before, you do need those skills if you're going to be a successful diplomatic forager. And thou hast hit thy nail upon thy head. Oh, yes. For thou hast given us the perfect segue. <laughs> thy segue. To exit with was, the bear. <laughs> was on point, as they say in the Shakespearean. <laughs> Shakespeare. Shaking the spear. Mm. Shaka spear. Whatever you want to call it. No, them. no one says shaka spear. Shaka spear. Nope. Shaka Zulu? Nobody says that. Nope. The future of mankind is being guided behind closed doors. Since we're all strangers to each other, let's get acquainted with the dream, shall we? Explode the sunlight here, gentlemen. You explode the universe. They're coming for you, Barbara. You mean the kind from up there? Yes, it does seem strange, but it's nice and solid. This could only happen because the electrode ray is off. Their evil bodies turn the strongest man into jelly. Then your party will really begin. Didn't have anything for breakfast for two raw eggs and a mug of honey. I, I have a question about Shakespeare, actually. Oh, go for a it. Very, Fire I, away. I, I mean, was, we've got a resident expert. Well, well, yes, thank you. And I'm sorry I was late to your class today, uh, Mr. Lachlan. Yeah, that's um, fine. Don't do it. I apologize. I was, well, no, I was busy in Mr. O'Malley's class, and he's fun. He just lets us watch, you know, um, Animal Planet, and it's Shark Week. Um, so. We were reading, you know, Act 3, Scene 2 of Romeo and Juliet. You want to talk about fun? It was happening in this class. So you tell Mr. O'Malley that Shark Week can wait. Well, um, <clears throat> I will do that. So I was just uh, wondering... Um, wait, no, it- no, no, no. We just have to... Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> we do have you've to you've set something up, this. but you've blown my mind because you've just... Jeff Goldblum in all his sexy glory from Jurassic Park, laying shirtless, is now officially behind you as your backroom oh, on oh, how... J- Jeff? Jeff here? Yeah. Yeah, uh, no. That's, just... that's too distracting. His sexiness is too mm. distracting, John. Mm. I'm sorry, man. I can't take it down. He just he comes and hangs out sometime. You know, that's just what he does. <laughs> John, can you focus, please? What was the question you were about to ask me about Shakespeare? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, was it true that... Uh... Sorry, I'm just... Let me just fix that. There we go. Um, let me just... Uh... Bounce back here. Oh, yeah. So did Shakespeare, is it true? I read in a, a gossip magazine mm-hmm. 
that he uh, maybe was involved with younger women or younger people, like teenagers. What? Yeah. We're, we're sullying the good name of Shakespeare. Look, I, I don't know if it's true or not. Look, Allegedly. There is a lot of alleged stuff about Shakespeare. Um, and, of course, we don't have any way of actually you know, figuring, figuring that out. I mean, there is, there is obviously the theory that Shakespeare... Um, was in love with a an earl, and that's where mm. why all of his sonnets were addressed to to an earl. I think the Earl of Earl of Southampton or something. Um, there is also the theory that he didn't write most of his plays; that most of his plays yes. were written by uh, a group of people or by a, a woman, and and he took took that took that on. But of course, all of these are theories. We don't we don't know. This is my follow-up question. If if Shakespeare were alive today, could we get Chris Hansen to do like a, a discovery report on him or like a, an expose? I guess Shakespeare truth. Yeah, I mean, well, this is this. That's a really interesting question, and like at the risk of sounding, <laughs> you totally got your teacher. On oh, I, this that's is my interesting teacher question voice. there, John. <laughs> Look, I mean, here's the thing: is that would Shakespeare, if he was as prolific as he was then, you know, with all the social media and with everything that goes on like with celebrities now, like would he have been as prolific? Would he have done as many plays as, as he did? I, the answer, I don't... I, like, I, I, I like to think no, because um, like when people think Shakespeare, they think of this upper-class sort of twat, um, <clears throat> to use the, the Shakespearean. But it he wasn't. Like, he, he wasn't... Like, he wrote mostly for people, for the groundlings. And... Like he had this, he had this sort of love hate relationship with the monarchy and and hierarchy, and he challenged he challenged a lot about about what was going on. Um, yeah, and he was a populist. Yes. Like he he was um, he was like a he he wrote for the masses, yeah. if I'm correct. Yes. So it was a lot of um, that's why a lot of the dramatic sort of um, you're you're young and the restless and stuff like that actually borrows from Shakespeare. Yeah. Well, a, a lot of films and a lot of popular culture now, a lot of stories have rigid, like have their roots in um Senior Shakespeare. Oh, 100%. Like we we own mm. we owe most of our stories, our story structures to Shakespeare, but Shakespeare owes a lot of his story structures to Greek theater. Um I was going to say, is it, it did he kind of just luck out? He was just kind yeah. of the first guy to put it all together and just say, "Hey, these these are things. Yeah, you use them. Well, he was yeah. like, I oh, look. I, I could go into this for for hours, and I love talking about this because, like, Greek theatre was. This is why I like Mr. O'Malley's class so yeah. much better. <laughs> um, <laughs> buckle in, John. You're you're about to get some knowledge right now, and nothing is more fun than knowledge. Um, I look. I mean, yes. I think I think Shakespeare just lucked out. He was he was writing at a time where he uh, everything was new again. Everything was just happening again for the first time, um, and so I think he did really luck out. Like most of his most of his plays are just sort of regurgitations of historical, um, like events. But his language, the like the language, was what was really um, exciting, and it was very innovative. I mean, this guy wrote for most of his plays, every line in that in a play was ten syllables, like. Mm. The genius of having like creating dialogue that is ten syllables each line. Sorry, what's the correct term for that? Sorry, iambic no, no, just... pen- iambic pentameter. That's it. Yeah. Iambic pentameter. That is kind of insane. That's kind of like a very obsessive yeah. thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, it's very. It, and I've tried to do that, and it's actually really, really, really difficult. Yeah. 
They call it the heartbeat of Shakespeare because it's, you know, I, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. But what the genius of it is, is that when he, when there was like a mental state going on, like if you take the most famous line of Shakespeare, you know, to be or not to be, that is the question. There are 11 syllables in that, in that whole speech. Like it's a very uneven speech. And the reason is because he's unhinged. And so like when everything's normal... It's got the the regular it's got heartbeat. Got the regular heartbeat. I mean, which is genius. I mean, here we go. Sorry, <sighs> sorry, you guys, you guys got me teaching again. <laughs> well, let me let me slow you down. Let me bring you back down. I I, I don't want you to. He's lose getting out of control here, yeah. Doug. We need to we need to I, put a leash on him. And I don't want him to lose his street cred either. We want him to you know still be cool. You know. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> don't want to fall oh, that. Yeah. The librarian crew is, is on to you, Lachlan. He's trying to get an invite to the next. Uh, what would they're you call not it? Listening, all right? They're not listening, Lucky. You can bring it. You can dial it down. But um, I wanted to ask you, like, why do you think? And for both of you, why do you think that kind of Shakespeare has stood the test of time, and that we still refer to his works when a lot of the people that were relevant at the same time as him have fallen by the wayside and we don't really give a care about like even thinking about like sir francis bacon Mm. john why do i think he's still well for all the reasons you just said uh i feel like he was just uh came around the right time uh was very sexy with his language the the innuendos that he came up with were in your end oh oh, yeah i mean and (laughs) plus i heard the guy um he was really good at throwing spears, so you know that that's pretty impressive. <laughs> and shaking stuff. Yeah, they well, no, but do you know? In all seriousness, did you know that to be an actor in the Globe, you like most of the actors were also master swordsmen. Really? Yes, because when in between Shakespearean plays or, or whoever's plays, an actor would be would essentially duel, and like that would be there. They would have sword fights on the stage of the Globe in between like plays. Really? Yeah. So all the sword fights, like in in Shakespeare's plays, they have like they fight, and like most people go, well, that's not very specific. But for these guys, if they knew what sword the character had, and it says they, they fight, then they're improvising on stage a sword fight. Did anyone die? Oh, or lots of people. Lots of people. <laughs> but but I mean, most of it was yeah. It at the time you weren't allowed to carry a sword more than like so long, and like it's it's it was pretty. It was pretty. It was pretty intense. Like Christopher Marlowe. Sorry, you know what? Getting off the off the topic. John, no, no, continue. I'm just saying. So it was kind of like the Second Amendment to the Americans. Yep. Like everyone was just packing. Yeah, they, and if the- you if you came into the gates and your sword was like longer than a certain length, you would have to check it because um, you could only take a short sword around around London mm. at the time. You wow. had the right to conceal, but not to carry. I see. Interesting. <laughs> That is actually really, really interesting. Uh, what, bringing it back, are you a? I refer to Lachlan because again, he's our resident expert. But uh, are you a purist when it comes to the remakes of the Bard? So, yeah. like, obviously, there's a lot of movies that have been made where the language has been used, but the the setting has changed. And then there's movies that are based on just the idea of, or the original concept of a play and they don't refer to any sort of Shakespearean uh, dialogue or anything like that so you're not you're not a purist in it like you d- you don't mind your 10 things I hate about I, you and look, I love 10 things mm. yeah I love I look I'm not a purist but I'm a purist I suppose I am in the way in the same way that I'm a purist with Marvel films like if they honor the source material and the and, it, and they keep true to that 
I'm I'm all about that. If they if they sort of turn it up like and make it like weird and unrecognizable, then I get I get weird about that because I think. <laughs> Can you give me an example? Like, is there is there a movie where you're like, nothing really did this wrong? No, nothing's coming to my mind. Um, can I, uh, I think? Can I throw that. one out at you? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it is, and I'm gonna have to double check this, but I believe it's Hamlet, and it's made in Australia, and it has Sam Worthington in it. Oh, that's Macbeth. Like, Are you thinking Macbeth? It's Macbeth. Yeah. Yes, Macbeth. Sorry. Yes. And that was um, a really look. Like the witches, the witches were really unsettling in that because the witches were three schoolgirls. Um, is that the one you're yeah. you're thinking of? Yep. Yeah, yep. and and that was a really strange, like that was a really weird one because the the I mean the witches the witches are sort of this like these powerful like feminine identities within Macbeth, and then sort of to make them like essentially schoolgirls that are very flirtatious. It was it was sort of it felt just tacked on, like changed. But I mean, it wasn't enough for me to go. Yes, I hate it. Um, See, I I actually really appreciate those type of movies. So, like, um, <clears throat> one that I can think of is Hamlet with um, uh, one of my favorite actors, Ethan Hawke, the Hawkman. Yeah, um, and he plays Hamlet, and it's set in like a conglomerate. Like he his father was the CEO of it, and um, he he was usurped by his brother, and uh, it. All, all of it was word for word the Shakespearean script, um, but it had it was given a different uh, meaning or different symbolism from the use of the environment and from the changes in character. Um, Coriolanus as well. Yeah, Coriolanus. Oh, Car- that one with um, Gerard Butler. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. They turned it into a freaking action movie, yep. you know? Um, and... Uh, oh, the, the the BBC are really really good at it actually. Um, James McAvoy starred in a version of Macbeth. Macbeth set in a kitchen. Yep. Where he was like the sous chef, and I thought that was just I like it's just really cool, and it really shows how versatile the work of Shakespeare really is. That you can you can change the experience, you can change the environment, and you can change the the setting and the characters, but they still hit home. Yeah, you know? because of the universal themes. Like this is we talk about Shakespeare in terms of the universal themes that he talks about. He writes plays that will that always deal with something that is deep within us as 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 people, and yeah. and that we because really in the Renaissance and I'm I'm sorry to to do this, but I think the <laughs> genius the genius of Shakespeare is the fact that he took what was going on in in his context and went. I'm going to put this on stage. And it was the first time anybody had thought to not make a play about um, gods and kings and queens, but instead about the failings of being a human. And and that's that's beautiful. It's brilliant. Yeah. Hey, Jonathan, put away your Nintendo DS. I'm sorry, man. Look, uh, I just, uh, <laughs> just thought I'd let you guys go there. You seem to... Uh, yeah, Shakespeare. Um I like Shakespeare. I like Shakespeare in Love with uh, with Gwyneth Paltrow and um, what was his name? Joseph Fiennes. Yeah, yeah. They were <laughs> hey, hot. Actually, they, John, you saw. You know, you, do you remember Gwyneth when we... got her stuff out? It was a sexy scene. <laughs> sexy, sexy scene. Hey, do you remember when we went to see Shakespeare <laughs> in the Park in Toowoomba and then we actually seen it in an abandoned RSL? 
I do remember that. <laughs> I think. I don't yeah. know. When we moved to the RSL and they had cheap alcohol, that was definitely it... an improvement to the overall experience for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and we saw a Midsummer's Night Dream, which is one of my favorite plays. Oh, and Judy also, Dench. Judy in, Dench? Oh, she did a Midnight. She, she did. My mid- <laughs> yeah. Which one? Oh. Which, like on. on... Mm, a young Judy Dench. A... Oh, okay. Because I was thinking of the Kevin. Um, not Kevin Smith. Kevin, not Kevin Spacey. Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein, Midsummer's Night Dream. That's the one I was thinking of as a movie. Uh, John, do you have a favorite um, movie uh, adaption of, of Shakespeare at all? Yeah, Shakespeare in Love. I just I just said it. Because, <laughs> um, you know... She, I, I don't uh, know uh, if that's based on any no, of the plays, look, buddy. I'm going to... Um, I, I'm going to fall on the, the non-purist thing and, and upset Lachlan quite a lot. I'm uh, a big fan of things like West Side Story, 10 Things I Hate About You, yep. um, The Lion King. The Lion King, yes. Yeah, Lion King's great. Or Kimba, 100%. you know, who knows what it's based on. Huge, it's a, <laughs> a huge thing. A little from column A, a little from column B. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Uh, I For me, and this is going to upset Lachlan quite a lot, I don't think the, the language as... Beautiful as it is for its time, I don't think it sits very well in today's audience. I don't think you can make a lot of money out of these. So there are those that will go see it and enjoy it, but I feel that's a very, it's becoming niche and niche. Basically, what I'm saying, if William Shakespeare owned a YouTube channel now, I, he'd be still on, you know, 33 views and, and 10 subscribers, I think. I, I don't I'm think going to disagree. Would... And you. <laughs> see, the thing is, the, thing the gauntlet, is, like, the glove hath come off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,. If he if he was doing it now, I reckon I honestly believe that he would be he would he would be successful because he would probably go well, into, using the exact same language he's using now. Okay. I would suggest that he would be the Steven Spielberg of our time. Uh, no, I'm actually going to suggest that he would be he would be like uh, essentially like a white rapper of our time. Because the language evolves. Though. Are you saying that, that that Shakespeare is equivalent to Eminem? So have you seen what? <laughs> yeah, no, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. Have you have you seen? There's this awesome video. Um, his name's Akala, and he uh, runs a um, company called Hip Hop Shakespeare, and he essentially is, it's a TED talk, and he starts the TED talk by uh, by saying a line and asking the audience, "Is this Shakespeare or is this hip hop?" And you cannot tell. You cannot tell what's from, like, Wu-Tang Clan or Shakespeare. And and he just goes, the the thing is, and I and I agree with this. I agree. I agree that his language, the way we have butchered it, is not relevant anymore. This to be or not to be, that is the question. Whether tis nobler in the heart. I mean, that is shit. Sorry for swearing on this podcast. My first, I think I've just, I've just first swore. Well, your and first it's on the Shakespeare episode. You usually um, yell at us for swearing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is, this is Mr. Lachlan. I'm really upset. I, I don't know what but to it, believe it, it is because his language you get a whole is so, it's so emotive and it's so raw when you've got it, when you've got it in the hands of a, a performer who knows what they're doing, who knows what the underlying message is, who knows what they have to get across. I mean the the um in Romeo in Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, in um the scene where um Mercutio is saying a plague on both your houses and he's just yelling it at the and sky spitting and, and, and spitting, it's yeah. that is that to me is what Shakespeare should be. But can I ask you this turn. though, the Lockley? Yeah. Can I ask you this? If you are you you teach students, yes. All right, and and it's a little bit biased because you maybe you teach English and drama True. a little bit older, but if you were to ask a whole bunch of fifteen-year-olds, "Hey, 
tell me, who do you know more about, Othello or PewDiePie? Who do you think they're going to oh, say? PewDiePie, 100%. <laughs> Ugh. And but, that, but this but is the thing, is like, if, if, if Shakespeare is done well, it can be very entertaining. Like, one of my favourite films in general is Romeo and Juliet. Like, I love that film. Um, and the other thing that I I do like to- the DiCaprio version as well, actually. I should say yeah. that was pretty... So you guys remember when I was, was teaching those kids either from Juvie or, or uh, was were going to Juvie, and... Um, I, I taught them Romeo and Juliet and it wasn't a planned thing. I was meant to teach them about um, how to write a resume. Um, <laughs> so, um, but what happened was that one of them, one of their friends had actually been stabbed in a, like a gang warfare. Do you guys, you guys remember there was like that huge, big, um, like uh, the two regions where we lived. Like there was this for yeah, years the, and they were like the, the gang, defeat, fight. gang fights. Well, yeah, one yeah, of their friends run commentaries on it. Yeah, <laughs> one, one of their one of their friends. Sorry, I'm not laughing at that. Um, one of my friends, the one of their friends, not my friends. One of their friends was stabbed in this this gang warfare. So I taught them Romeo and Juliet. I taught them the opening scene, and the kids loved it so much that that was the next like five weeks was they wanted to do Romeo and Juliet because they they thought that. This this was us. This was talking about what was going on at the time. So yeah. that was that's my that's my that's my like Shakespeare story. Sorry, Doug, continue. No, that's, no, that's I, a lovely Shakespeare. Story. Were the man. were the kids? Could how did they relate to it in a sense? Was it because of the two houses? Yeah, but, yeah, they yeah. really picked up on the two houses, and they and because we had West like, Side Story, man. Yeah, uh, see, the, West Side yeah. Story. No, that I, I West Side Story is one of the worst. Things like one one of the worst hey, plays slash musicals. Hey, okay, but yep, no, you can't change my mind on that. I saw I saw a really bad version of it, and it just nah, I, it just I could not look at look at the West Side but, Story. But again. look at it, look at it as how popular it was, and how literally it's just almost like a, a complete remake of, of Romeo and Juliet. You know, so it just goes to show that that history repeats itself with those stories over and over again it goes from being like the streets of new york to you know gang warfare and all that sort of stuff coriolanus was like about mercenaries and and about sort of um, armies and all that sort of stuff uh some of my favorite uh remakes were done by julie Taymor, who's actually a a director she directed uh the original director for um the lion king on Mm. on broadway um titus uh, mm-hmm. From Titus mm-hmm. Andronicus, or Titus, and, as I like to call him, of course, Titus. Mm. <laughs> <No. laughs> um, and it has. Look, you knew what you were getting into, Lockwood. I'm sorry. <laughs> when you invited me on to do your Shakespeare thing, I like. I've got some. That's all right. Let's just. Sorry, so, interrupt, Doug. So Titus is played by Anthony Hopkins. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and Alan Cummings in it. Yes. It is. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> Alan Cummings. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it just goes from bad to worse. But it is uh, like honestly, John, you would love that movie. It I do. Uh, yeah, super I, gory, super violent, mm, yeah. and hands really get visual. chopped off. Um, yeah, and replaced with sticks and yeah, mm, yeah. Um, kids baked in pies. Yep, yep. Uh, however, thou hath used this all the time in thine world, and thou shall now take thine break and come back with thine uh, elevator pitches. <laughs> Great soliloquy? Question mark. <laughs> Thinkest thou, O wise and noble John? <laughs> My name hey, is John. This is Doug. This is Lachlan, and I just wanted to say this is the Never Showing. Never Showing. I believe they call this the Never Showing. Well, welcome to the Never Showing podcast. Please continue to listen. We do all our own stunts. Okie dokie, we are back with. This is great. We're literally like 
this is how arrogant we have become, gentlemen. We are now pitching how to make Shakespeare better. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that Jesus story, that could use some work. Um, no. It really does, you know? The... Next Why does well, he you have know, to he's... die in the end? That, that, that bombs at the box office. Uh, and he come, but he comes, he back, comes back, man. That's he the big back. twist, yeah. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Where's the romantic leads? Um, no, that's... I mean, verging on blasphemous there. That's mm. horrible. Considering um, next weekend is Easter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, um, d- who wants hey, to go first with their pitch? Before we start, actually, I, yeah? something I'm surprised you guys didn't ask me to do to test my abilities was, uh, have you guys got a favorite uh, quote or favorite line or a favorite oh, Yeah, uh, I do. Thing? I do, actually. Um, and I'm going to get it wrong, I think, but... Um, it's a uh, love all, trust a few, and do no harm. Oh. Is that is that it? Love all, trust a few, and do no harm. And uh, and do do harm to none. Love all, trust a few, do wrong to none. Do wrong to none. Thank you, thank you. I just mm. embarrassed myself. No, that's um, all right. I, that was good, I man. can't remember what it is off, but I think it's off one of the comedies. Yeah, it, it it sounds like something that would be from the from the comedies. Yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm just uh, all's all's well that ends well. Yes. Yeah. 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 I totally knew that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You tell me. <laughs> but it is. It's one of those quotes that like I do remember from high school, but I just don't know where it came from, and it just it, it hits home. Love all, trust a few, and do wrong to none. Yeah. It's really beautiful, man. It's I really like nice. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Coriolanus has grown from man to dragon. That's that's my favorite line because it's such a powerful yeah. line. It mm. is, it is. Yeah. Um, and just to, just to prove that I am a, a big fan of, um, of Shakespeare, uh, my username for a lot of things is actually Yorick. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah, I love so that. So that is, that is a Shakespearean reference. I, I've it often is, wondered it is, that. It's a double reference, actually, I should mention, because it, uh, it is a reference to Shakespeare, but it's also a reference to the character named after the Shakespeare character in Why the Last Man, a comic book I read oh, by right. Brian K. Vaughan. Um, so, yeah, and, and uh, I've always just stuck with that, Yorick85. Now everybody's going to go stalk me. But uh, Yeah, absolutely. John, <laughs> what's, your, what's your, uh, what's your password, Shakespeare? <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite, oh, I see, it happens to be a pickup line as well, which works yes, for both guys and girls. Um, so, you know, if things are going really well on the date and you're feeling positive about the things, you can drop this little, this little number, um, graze on my lips. And if those hills be dry, stray lower where the pleasant fountains lie. (laughs) Getting a bit hot under the collar here. Mr. Shakespeare. Um, or to, or to put it bluntly, it's like. You can either kiss me here or kiss me there, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the that's the Doug translation. Um, <laughs> that's, the, that's why I'm single. <laughs> oh, Doug. Oh, oh, and, oh, um, who who wants to go on their pitch first? <laughs> Doug, I think you need to go after that. I think because I, we're, we're just going to need a moment. Okay. You want me to go? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, All go right. for it, man. Show us so, those pleasant <clears throat> fountains. Okay. <laughs> my, my pleasant, pleasant fountains. Uh my pitch is actually going to be on the play, The Tragedy of King Lear. Oh, nice. Um, mm. So I'm not going to deep dive into the story of King Lear because it's five acts and it's insanely complicated. But basically the gist of it is uh, 
You have King Lear, and you have three daughters. Two of the daughters fawn over him and pretend to love him, and he gives them all his wealth, leaving the third daughter, who's worked harder all her life to show her love, penniless. She doesn't get anything. Typical family unit sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. So from there, we find that the the um, sisters' scheme and and want for more power causes them to to do some very very horrible things. Cordelia comes back to both you know honor her father and and to sort of uh, not not necessarily seek her vengeance, but she comes back to to honor her father and show her father that she cares. He realizes that he's made a great mistake and goes mad. Uh, and basically, everybody dies in the end. That's Common that's theme in Shakespeare. There's a lot of death. <laughs> there's a lot of death, and it's one of the tragedies too. So, mm. but um, that's that's pretty much what happens. But there's a lot of lot of things that happen in there. There's eye gouging. There's there's uh, sexual tensions and uh, two lots sisters of... falling in love with the same dude and lots of subplots. Lots of yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So to me, I thought I I can't make this into a movie. Because if I made this into a movie, it would be like seven hours long. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. better than to make it into a Netflix limited series? Nice. All right. Worked well for Tiger King. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, actually, uh, you, you've just given me an idea. You could totally take it into the Tiger King world if you want. Tiger yeah, King is very Shakespearean. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm what I'm doing is I'm I'm relocating it instead of being King Lear. It's going to be uh, you know O'Leary from O'Leary's Farms in the Southern U.S. And it's all about these uh, these longtime farm owners um, who have made small conglomerates out of their farms, and uh, basically the the dad decides to split the farm. Like his inheritance is split between the two elder sisters, uh, and the younger sister is kind of left to fend for herself until she catches the eye of uh, a businessman from New York. Uh, who basically is like a stockbroker. Like he's he owns a lot of land and he owns a lot of sort of farming, uh, sort of land. But he he's not from that world. You know, these sisters have worked their entire lives. They've toiled on the farms. They've gotten up at four a.m. and they've milked the cows. You know, so uh, it's all about basically this family drama set in the sort of sort of southern states. Um, I originally was thinking about like plantation owners and, and setting it in that time because there yeah. is a lot of like class yeah, struggle yeah. and a lot of like being on the backs of, you know, the actual hard workers and, and, and slavery and stuff like that. I decided that I'd set it modern day and that they would have a history of that. And so all their, all their gotten gains come from that, from those evil deeds of the past. So it just adds a different layer to it. Um, there is the there is a side plot that's pretty important in that um, O'Leary, who's King Lear, uh, has like a, a neighbor or or a, a frenemy, if you will, who owns like a competing uh, sort of farming company. I uh, love that word frenemy. I'm sorry to yeah. interrupt you, man. Yeah. I just think it speaks volumes of just those sort of relationships. Everyone has a frenemy. Mm. Well, this frenemy. Yours is the library lady. <laughs> yes. No. No. She's 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 just. An, an insane um, person but um so he slowly turns into a, a like an actual enemy um he has a son and an illegitimate son the illegitimate son starts to cause crap for him and tries to get the sisters to merge 
with Gloucester Farms or Gloucestershire because it's it's the Duke of Gloucestershire from the play, um, and it's very sexy. You know, it's I, I honestly like to me when I when I read parts of King Lear and when I've when I've uh, like researched it and all that sort of stuff, it's very soap opery. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. very like dynasty. It's it's very um, the young and the restless. So I wanted to make a bit more of a mature um, version of that. So um, what would eventually happen is that um, the sis- the younger sister Cordelia would marry the in the in the play it's the King of France, but it's the New York stockbroker. They come back to try and sort of uh, win the win the land back and win her inheritance but they're unable to do it and it's it's this big fight and they're you know people are hurt in farming accidents on purpose there's deliberate deliberately hurting of people and and violent maimings um so that's that's kind of the 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 gist that i'm going for and it definitely couldn't be done in a movie so i've done like a limited series so it'd be like eight or ten episodes an hour long each um and wish i went first now <laughs> that that's that is where i would go with it um, smart idea though man because you're right it they was it five acts five acts it's oh, it, it, like i don't think that it's been six was just too many and four just wasn't enough right like yeah. it was just... <laughs> I, I don't think I've, I've never seen it performed all together to be honest i've always seen like king lear acts one two and three or something mm. similar to that mm. um <clears throat> who I'd want as a showrunner instead of a director would be Frank Darabont. Um, so Frank Darabont is actually a great filmmaker. He made the Green uh, the Green Mile. He made uh, the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, he also was the showrunner for The Walking Dead in yeah. its first season. The best um, season. The Let's best be honest. Season. Yeah. Yeah. So he has a way of being able to handle a large cast and give everyone their due. Um, and a lot of the movies he have has, uh, it does have a melodramatic quality to it that I think would be well served in this, this story. Um, my, my casting. Okay. So I'll give you King Lear and the Earl of Gloucestershire. I haven't bothered to rename them all, but they would get proper mm-hmm. modern day names. I've got King Lear as Donald Sutherland and I've got the Earl of Gloucestershire as Stephen Lang from Avatar. He's oh, the, I love oh, Steve. He's nice, the yeah. ultimate baddie. Yes, yeah. yeah. So that's that's who I've got for them. But I just wanted to make a very, very special mention, but it was just overly cliched that I really, really thought it'd be cool to have King Lear as Patrick Stewart and the Earl of Gloucestershire <laughs> as Ian McKellen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but literally, like, that, you know, they get everything. They, they do, honestly. <laughs> it's just, shut up, take my money. You're together? Well... They should come as a package. They really should. Those they two. Really they're should, they're yeah. adorable. They're absolutely they adorable. They're like a Kit Kat. You just yes, mm. yeah, absolutely. So the Earl of Gloucestershire, Gloucestershire has uh, um, two sons. He has a legitimate son. I would have the legitimate son played by Julian McMahon uh, from mm. Nip Tuck. He's an Australian guy. Uh, he was uh, Victor Von Doom in the early noughties versions of the Fantastic Four. Uh, the Bastard Child, I would have played by David Barinas. Um, so he's Angel from the TV series Angel. Uh, he's Bones. No, he's not Bones. He's the other guy. <laughs> he's the not Bones from the TV show Bones. Yep. Um, and I just think that he'd be really cool to play because he's a, a very scheming and conniving character. And he uses his, his, his sexuality 
to uh, to manipulate the older sisters of uh, King Lear's children. Mm. Um, so there's a couple of other side characters that I'll go through first. Um, so there's three sisters. There's Goneril, Regan, and Cordelia. So Goneril has a husband, and I've chosen Nathan Fillion as her husband. Naturally. In the story, he is kind of repentant about all the horrible things that they do. So I think he'd be a good, like, he'd be a good complex character for Nathan Fillion to play. Um, Regan's husband, um, the Duke of Cornwall, uh, I want him played by Sam Worthington because he's basically a psycho that gouges Mm. out someone's eyes. Yeah. Um, So I (laughs) think Sam Worthington, that sounds about right. Sam Worthington is Russell Crowe without the charm. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to put that out. I don't like Sam Worthington. (laughs) No. He is literally, you know, six more 4X beers than Russell Crowe, basically. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Staring, staring angrily at you at across the party because you like bumped into him at five o'clock that night. Um, the King of France, who would be our like stockbroker guy from New York. I want played by Michael Sheen. Nice. Would be yeah, really nice. Cool. Because I like, I've definitely chosen people that I could see as being hard worth working Southern folk to be the main characters, uh, and Michael Sheen just seems a little bit more precious or a little bit more, um, not snobby, but like just a little bit more uptown than that, I guess. Uh, then you have the three sisters. So the elder sister is Goneril, um, and I would have her played by Reese Witherspoon. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. The middle sister Regan, um, who was kind of a little bit more of the the craziest type. I would have played by Katie Sackhoff. Nice. And Cordelia, who is the younger sister, who is loyal to King Lear the entire time and comes back to try and help him save his kingdom, um, is played by Julia Stiles. Okay. Nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I see I see all that. So I think that would be a really, really cool like way of reintroducing King Lear to an op- a larger audience and still giving it its due, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. I, I think, yeah, again, it's always trying to get that balance, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. It would not be played in um, Shakespearean script. It would be it would be Modernized. like 10 things I hate about you. It would be based yeah. off of the story of King Lear. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Very should cool. we get back in the elevator? Are we are we happy to, to move on? I feel like yeah. maybe we should go to my floor next because um, let's face it, let's finish on a high. With the expert. Well, let's hope. <laughs> are, you, are you guys comfortable with that? You or? keep saying yeah, that man. word. I do not know if you think... Never mind. Continue. <clears throat> well, look, you know... Well, okay. Ding. Um, <laughs> ding. Let me take you guys on a journey of where I went with, with my pitch. Oh, please ri- do. Well, okay. So, originally, I just wanted to make the live-action version of the um, uh, sex education version of Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> if you haven't seen that show... <laughs> <laughs> that the the version is like space tentacle porn. Space tentacle porn. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really, I just thought that's just ripe. I would, and I'd almost get all the original actors as well, and just <laughs> <laughs> just pretty much just transform it from the stage to film. But no, um, Lachlan, I, I reached out to you as my mentor on this, and you suggested I um, do uh, Titus. 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 Titus Andronicus. <laughs> I love Titus the Andronicus part. It sounds yeah. so, so cool. Away. Yeah. It's very Greek, yeah. although it is, it's yes. Roman in the thing. Anyway, uh, so for the people playing along at home who have not heard of the play, 
much like myself until this morning. Uh, it's a pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty interesting play actually, and I did a bit of research on it. And a lot of people uh, believe that Shakespeare. This is definitely one that they question whether or not he actually wrote or he collaborated with, um, because it wasn't really Shakespeare. Like a lot of people are saying, it was very much writing off the coattails of his contemporaries. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very much in the theme of just revenge and blood and, and gore and all that kind of stuff that was popular and, and Shakespeare hadn't quite found his feet yet. So this is kind of his first, which is kind of funny because if you can draw parallels with another great um, contemporary artist, Quentin Tarantino did a very similar movie called Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> Kind of the same thing, really, yeah, when you yeah. think about it. That's why it. I suggested it to you, because as soon, like Titus Andronicus is is like a Tarantino film. It, it literally is. Um, again, for those of you who haven't heard about it, it's, gosh, much like all of Shakespeare's work, it's very hard to summarise. But basically, you have this, uh, this guy returning, Titus or Titus, however you want to play it. He, um, he comes home after a war. Uh, he sacrifices a son. Uh, the mother of the son is quite upset naturally Um, these two basically hate each other and pretty much the family start killing each other tit for tat pretty much the whole way till everyone ends up dead Um, and it's pretty gruesome as well some people end up in a pie some people eat the pie oh yeah I forgot that scene oh yeah there are arms chopped off there are people uh, raped I think there was just one rape Um, anyway it's it's not brutally brutally yes it's not a pleasant time if this is you know, it's not a not a good time to be in a Shakespeare play. Nope. No. Um, so, Lachlan, when you present this to me, I thought, wow, that's what you think of me. Thanks a lot. Um, says a lot about my mental state. Uh, hang on a sec. <laughs> One of the first things you did when I met you was stab me in the... Get Doug to stab, stab, like stab me in the stomach. Yeah, so, true. Yeah, that my is own how entertainment. I, yeah. So, yeah, actually, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. Um, <laughs> what I found really interesting in uh, the themes of it, though, is it's it's very much an eye for an eye. And family obligations. Pretty much everyone's mm. like, nope, we're, we're bound to duty. Yeah. Got to stick up for the, the family. Yo. I, I don't want to perform all these horrible deeds, but I kind of have to because they've already performed these horrible deeds against my family. And Yeah, we got like a weird Fast of the Furious vibe going on. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all you about wondered family. how I was going to bring that in, right? Yeah. It's all about family. <clears throat> so naturally, the first thing that came to mind was Titus like, okay, is well, Vin Diesel. Yeah, of course. Titus and Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah. The Rock is... Um, uh, gosh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Tamron. <laughs> um, but no, I, I thought about it and originally I thought, oh, okay, great, this is going to be like a crime movie. It's all going to set place in one location in like a giant mansion and they've all got back after a heist. So I'm like, no, that's Reservoir Dogs, John. And I said, you know what, let's t- make this really original. I like your idea, Doug, of making a Netflix original. I think that's a clever idea. So I want mine to be like an eight-part series. Nice. I want to make it animated because think of, think of like adult swim style animation where you can get away with a bit of a gore and a little bit more um, absurd, I guess, like not so much mainstream. So I like the idea of of people eating people that are inside of pies and being stabbed. (laughs) And I feel like uh, if you make that animated, you can be a little bit more um, stylistic and be a little bit, you can get away with a lot more. It's a little more palatable. It is a little bit more palatable. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, and basically, the same thing. I wanted to move it into one location, and I wanted to set it in somewhere really mundane. So I'm thinking a um, call center that's been taken over, like a hostile takeover. And basically, it's the exact same plot line um, with this call center 
with these two competing companies and it, all the same beats it. There's a, still the same murders. There's still the same thing. It ends with like the Christmas party where the corrupt CEO brings out like some pies <laughs> with, you know, the dead employees in it. And that's basically <laughs> the plot. And everyone's a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact you tacked that on. Yeah. Um, and everyone's a dinosaur because why not? And everyone's you know? a dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, much like Doug, I would uh, I would modernize the script. It wouldn't be so much shape, but I wouldn't mind dropping a little bit every now and then. Yeah. Uh, my cast, I had so much fun casting this, actually. When I started going through and looking at all the people, I was like, oh my gosh, there are so many good actors out there that could do this. But um, for this, I had to pick this guy for, for Titus or Titus. Or I've even got how to say his name. <laughs> Thomas Titus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with um, his work on The Simpsons is amazing, and I just think he would play a maniacal madman really well. Kelsey Grammer, yes, from oh, Frasier. Oh, oh, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> yeah. And I just feel he has that flair for the the theatre. Oh, he has uh, that dramatic voice too. Well, he really has a dramatic voice. So I would see him as like CEO of... T-Rex. Well, T-Rex. yeah, the, the guy that's returning back from long service leave. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a T-Rex. It's a T-Rex, essentially, yeah. Uh, and no, he, playing, He's he, come back from like... He's come back from uh, like the, a six-week course teaching like overseas <laughs> call centers. Yes. <laughs> and he's had diarrhea the entire time. Like, he's oh not happy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh my god well yeah that's true story i'm sure it, a lot of call center people can relate to that um can lachlan help me out with the pronunciation it's tamron or to, to I, i'm not familiar enough with titus but um, oh okay yeah. let's go with tamron let's let's go with that uh, tomorrow i know um tara strong who i don't know if you guys know who she is she's yeah, done she's a, a zillion voices actress. Um, she's in everything. You just yeah. Google her name. She pops up. Uh, I always, and Doug, you've used him before and I always mess his name up, but John DiGamiallo, John, oh, John Di- DiMaggio. DiMaggio. Thank you. Bender, basically. Yeah. Um, I had him as Aaron and, uh, I don't know if, again, if you guys aren't familiar, there is a, um, a little bit controversial cause they're not the same skin color. And I know Hank's had a lot of trouble with that lately, but, um, he uh, his skin color plays quite an important integral part to the play when a baby is born and it is not of the what should be the mother and father's skin color it comes out a little bit different so uh, <laughs> yes yes does that does that translate well now well, in today's society so well look at it you've got dinosaurs so I've seen Tara Strong as a frilled necked dinosaur. And you could have. Thank like, you for workshopping this with me, Doug. This you could have John DiMaggio <laughs> as like a Brontosaurus. <laughs> there we go. And it comes out as uh, as something else, as yes. a long necked <laughs> dinosaur yeah, with a frilled like, head. <laughs> like, this Quite isn't right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I had him, and just basically for everyone else, I just thought we could have you know Billy West just voice everyone else. Just, <laughs> that's just what yeah. he does. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Like your your pitch. Um, have you ever heard um, heard of Metalocalypse? No. Gosh, YouTube that stuff right now. Metalocalypse. It's it's basically a Finnish, um, Norwegian death metal band, um, that basically rules the world. Uh, and like, there's a there's a cabal of like Russian army officers and like, you know, 
like the Illuminati who are trying to get them to bring the bring about the end of the world. Mm. The type of humor that I could see in your Titus Andronicus <laughs> is the type of humor in Metalocalypse. It's perfect, it's, man. Yeah, it's, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the TV show Mr. Pickles. No, um, I haven't the, seen Mr. Pickles. Oh, again, a very similar. It's about a, a demonic dog that goes around and murders people and hookers and things <laughs> like that. So, again, that's the type of humor. <laughs> you know what? I set you a challenge, and I am not disappointed with what it, you came up with. It's the most original retelling of Titus yeah. Andronicus that I could possibly ever think of. It's and b- probably more bearable. Like, if we're being honest, like because <laughs> as a play, and if you did it with humans, it's it's very. I- so yeah, I, I've never seen it as a play, but um, the Julie Tamor version just blew me away. I really, really yeah. love that. Mm. Yeah. She did a really good job on that, actually. It's a shame that uh, uh, that actually... Well, it did perform well, like, critically, but yeah. uh, not a lot of people have seen it. No, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Fantastic cast, too, like you said. Oh, um, but Hopkins. Com- mm. com- coming around to uh, the, the gentleman, uh, the bard professional here... Mr. Lockwood. I don't know if that's what we're calling me, but um, yeah, that's, let's. I did it. I, it, I stand uh, by it. Okay, all right. That's a lot. To well, compared to. to the compared to the three of us, man, you know a lot more about Shakespeare than I any mean. Look, of... my, I, I yeah, I based mine on a demonic dog that, <laughs> slash dinosaurs. So really, the only way is up now, man. All right. Well, um, I, I'm, I'm just going to start by saying that mine is also going to be. A Netflix se- series. Ooh, a three. Okay. Can we so, can we all agree that people's attention spans can't do Shakespeare anymore? No, no. And and also like Shakespeare, like it's too long and too complicated to put in a short period of time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it. Yeah, to really tease out the themes and stuff and make them really relevant. Yeah, you do need to tease out. So I'm I'm thinking that you know three seasons of this, um, of what I'm about to pitch, and I'm I'm pitching. Late 1800s America, okay? And I'm setting it in, like, New Orleans. I'm setting it in, uh, like, Wild West towns. I'm setting it, you know, mining camps. I am pitching a interwoven mesh of, of Shakespeare's plays so oh. that it's, it's sort of like a, a coming-of-age story for America, but told through the lens of, of Shakespeare. So you've got, um, in the first season, so I'm going to pitch the first season. In the first season, we're looking at a blending of Coriolanus, uh, Macbeth, and Midsummer Night's Dream. And those, those three things are being interwoven into sort of like a cohesive story. Those characters interact with each other. Um, bits and pieces, but, but I want it to be very subtle. So like, uh, you know, uh, Coriolanus walks into a bar to have a meeting and in the background is the group of actors having the conversation about Midsummer Night's Dream. So, so they're never, they're never actually into interacting, but you see them either in the background or whatever. So, so let's, I'll start with Coriolanus because. Sorry, man, before you go any further, when you first said that, the first thing that came to mind is this Matthew McConaughey is in that big, um, book tube thing in Interstellar and he's just wandering up and down just going I'm just going to look at this today <laughs> <laughs> so so my um, yeah I, I mean I'm, I'm looking at Macbeth and I'm looking at Coriolanus uh, as a as sort of the two starting points because they're like they're really about like war and and like fighting and and the, these men who are no longer um, 
who are no longer needed for their original purpose. And I love that concept. And I love this idea that, you know, the world's changing and how are they going to change in this like Western sort of society. Um, and then Midsummer Night's Dream just fits perfectly in terms of this group of actors who are going to this like oil baron type characters wedding um, but they have to go through like on a steamboat or something through New Orleans and that's where like all the like the trippy fairy stuff happens is like out on the bayou sort of stuff. Like I love <laughs> I love this setting. I think the setting would be really fun to play with. Yeah. Um, and then in the, like the second season you'd have The Tempest but and this was inspired actually by um, Teller from Penn and Teller did a version of The Tempest where it was set in the Dust Bowl. And it was like the the guy was essentially dumped out. This magician was dumped out in the middle of the dust bowl to die, and he actually created a um, uh, a, a traveling show, and that was what the island was. It was Pan and Teller did that. Yeah, Teller did that. Really? Yeah. So he directed this 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 traveling show out in like. Um, in the States. And I thought, what a cool concept. So I'm sort of borrowing a little bit for the Tempest. I love this idea of like someone just getting stranded on this, like abandoned quarry or something with, um, and, and because there's so many undertones of race, especially with things like Othello. And then you've got like the Jewish, um, uh, you definitely got, yeah. Merchant of Venice. I think like the, like it would be a perfect time to really explore these things is that late 1800s early 1900s especially mm. when you've got the railroad and you've got there's so many different things you could snapshot um that are shakespearean in scope in terms of what was happening with the with america Pl- and uh, I, yep what you're pitching is the shakespearean universe yes yes I am I am pitching the Shakespearean universe, um, and like you would have one one episode where it would just all follow these actors, um, or you would have um, you know an episode where all three sort of storylines are coming together. Um, I would really like for my showrunner, I would really like Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, who uh, Westworld, yeah, um, are the showrunners on Westworld. But it's it's not because of the Western connection. I think it's because of the storytelling connection. They are so good at interweaving plots. The Nolans, man. The Nolans. They know what they're doing. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Um, So here's my cast. And my cast actually is probably what I'm most excited about, to be honest. Uh, So for Macbeth and Lady Macbeth, who would be um, sort of in charge of... um, It wouldn't wouldn't be plantations, but maybe an oil baron or something. Uh, Richard Madden, who from Game of Thrones. I like Richard. And Elizabeth Olsen. Hmm. Okay. So they would be my Macbeth and Lady Macbeth because they're that... Elizabeth Olsen would be a very good Lady Macbeth. She she would play Lady Macbeth really well. Um, my Coriolanus would be Charlie Hunnam from Sons of Anarchy. Ooh. Yeah, um, yeah. I, think, I, think he would play, I think he would play that really well. I would like the guy who um, eventually says, you know, Coriolanus has grown from man to dragon. I'd like Adam Sandler to play like the, like the town's... Uh, like a sheriff who sort of had had Coriolanus under his wing and then b- betrayed him. So Adam the people Sandler is an him. interesting choice. Uh, look, before Uncut Gems, he would he wouldn't have even been on this list. But Uncut Gems has put him back on the radar, like has put him on the radar for me as a as a guy who wow, he's he could get his meat like his teeth into some meat. <laughs> I agree like, with you. I agree with you, Lachlan. A big footlong. I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, for the because uh, my one of my favourite Shakespearean characters is Peter Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream, who is the leader of the um, 
the troupe of actors. Yeah. Uh, Chris Connor, who plays Poe in Altered Carbon. Um, ah, yeah, yeah. He would we were talking a, about him the other night. He's yeah. brilliant in that show. Like, yeah. He's fantastic. But I think he would make an excellent um, Peter Quince, who's just like, I'm, I'm an actor. I'm very professional. Can all the rest of you. And I would like to see uh, John Bradley, who plays Samuel Tully in Game of Thrones. Uh, I'd like to see him as um, Bottom. As this like bottom <laughs> character, I think he would play really well. And um, yeah, there's there's sort of my starting cast. Um, but yeah, this is that's that's my that's my pitch is a Shakespearean universe set. And I would I would actually keep the Shakespearean language because how? Because the the I, I mean I would take bits and pieces. It wouldn't be like the whole play. I was gonna say like to 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 re. Like you, I thought you were talking about doing the entire script in like iambic pentameter or something like yep. that. Yep. Nope. No. 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 I, Whoa, yeah, I would, dude. Yep. No. No. You think? Bold you think move, about, man. Okay. All right. Here we go. Ooh. Think about the. Think about the drawl. Like think about the that that American drawl. Um, no. If you think about if you think about like uh, what's a what's a what's a good version of the speech? Um, it's it's bold. I'll I'll just say that it's bold, man, because like. I think I, I I think personally I steered away from that because like using the script of Shakespeare is one thing, but to try and imitate the script of Shakespeare is another. That's that's bold. You got balls. You got I mean, cojones. It's, not, it's mm. it, I mean I would still use one more than me. I would definitely. still <laughs> use a lot of I would still use a lot of his script. And I've got three. But I think <laughs> I think there's bits where you'd have to update it to the American setting, and there would, there'd be bits where you'd have to, yeah. You know, uh, change yeah. it slightly, but I mean the American draw is like you know, um, you know Coriolanus has grown from man to dragon. I mean, seeing someone just sitting out on you know looking as this guy's riding on a horse. I mean, it's sort of the the draw would actually suit it. Um, modern day English or American or, or whatever, it it wouldn't. It just wouldn't because they didn't have that musicality. But the musicality of the voices back then, I think you could get away with it. Okay, okay. You there, bring up a very good pitch. point. Yeah. No, no, you bring up a very good point, man. I was the same when I, uh, totally unrelated, but when I watched the movie Lucky Logan and Daniel um, Craig came out with that, mm, that yep. draw and I hated it for three minutes and then, yeah. and then I found it very charming towards yes. the end, especially yeah. with his explaining science on the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> that was a gummy fantastic bear. scene. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good pitch. I, I, d- I dig it. Um, very bold move, but uh, you are an ambitious young man, Sir Lachlan. Oh, so. Very a visionary, very, some would say. A visionary. It'll be cancelled after season one. <laughs> <laughs> you got high hopes, son. You got high hopes. Yeah. Oh, um, look, man. I mean, like, I don't think any of you. Well, especially mine's not. I'm going to get so many complaints from parents. <laughs> <laughs> what are parents doing letting their kids watch that, though? That's what I will say. I'll get Samuel Jackson on saying, "Why are you letting your kids watch this show?" <laughs> <laughs> I think we I think we've learnt something today, gentlemen. I think we've I haven't. Yes, we have. I think we've learned that um Mr. O'Malley class is way better. <laughs> I think we've learned that Shakespeare was built for a, a, a different audience and that um attention spans are a little bit different now. So I think that's why we've all gone for the long is because you've I've changed my virtual background on my Zoom about eighteen times. Yeah, I know. Is that, I know. Is that where that comment came from, Doug? It's yeah, it could quite a contributing possibly. factor. We, like we talked about Jeff Goldblum, but some of the other things we just we just couldn't mention by name on 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 air. Um, but yeah, no, I think that, I think that's a, an important thing to think is that um, 
the way that we consume media is different now as well. So like uh, making it into a limited series is something that does make sense now. So good, good work, gents. Good work. I think, um, I think we've did the bard, uh, proud. I think so. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is probably one of our longer episodes as well. Like it, it feels like a Shakespeare play. Mm. Yeah. It's a five actor. That's exactly we, what we this got is. Very, um, we got very into character for it. So, uh, now I shall give Lachlan this cup of wine. Uh, I'm not touching that. I've read Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <right>. game. You're <laughs> game. Can't be anything worse than I've drunk lately. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, um, uh, been loving the movie nights with you guys too. That's been a lot of fun. Never, yeah, sh- never showing of... movie nights. Hashtag never showing movie nights. Been lots of fun. Uh, we're going to have to come up with some more movies for this Saturday. So. Definitely, and uh, to anyone that's listening who hasn't experienced a movie night yet, if you own Netflix and you own a web browser, you don't even have to own Netflix. Apparently, what? Yeah, apparently, you just need to use the link. Wow! And you can sync with wow! It. Hold my drink and call me Sam Worthington. That's amazing. That that's not that, again. That's just what I've heard. So I'm not. I'm not gonna. No, we're holding you that, Doug. Oh, and I'll tell you what, listen, yep, no, is if, if Doug is wrong, he will personally personally pay for all your <laughs> sign-up fees for Netflix. <laughs> for, the sing- for the single plan only. Uh, <laughs> you all have to share it. <laughs> <laughs> Take turns at who's streaming. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I think I think we'll we'll wrap it up there. And yeah, uh, quickly, Doug. Where can people find us? If or anyone, where can where I don't know where I am. Guys, How you should know this by us? now. We've never undershowing, never underscored showing at Instagram. Never showing face, uh, never showing podcast on Facebook. You can get a hold of us at (laughs) nevershowingpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send us a message on anchor.fm, which nobody has done, and I'm really disappointed. We need we we need some recordings. We want to maybe no one gets to the end of our episodes. Maybe that's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's depressing. (laughs) So anyway, if you, if on you've that made note. this far, congratulations. <laughs> You're one of the few. Uh, congratulations. When Hi, now, Mom. We have now all taken our shirts off just to give you a little something, something. Yeah. Uh, and I just realized that John just said hi to his mom at the same time I said that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get out of it. here. <laughs> okay. All right. all right. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Have a beautiful time. Well, that's all the pictures and time we have for this week. But it doesn't have to stop here. Head over to our social medias, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. All three of us are ready and waiting to discuss all things film, television and pop culture. We also want to hear about your pictures and ideas. If you've got your own take on this week's film, we would love to hear it. And we'll be back next week with more movies and more pictures. So join us here again for the Never Showing Podcast. Your company is always welcome. Especially yours, Harrison Ford. John, no. no. Oh my God, he does this every time. He doesn't care. Anyway, until next time, I'm Doug. I'm Lachlan. And I'm John. See you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye. Have a beautiful time.